Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields and his disciples began to pick some ears of corn, rub them in their hands and eat the grain. Some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked round at them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. Thank you for reading that for us this morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, welcome to the Gate Church. My name is Rich Hendrickson. Um, we're going to be going through um, these verses that Kath so graciously read to us this morning. Um, but before we start, could we just take just maybe two minutes maximum, just take a quick pause, say hi to your neighbor, maybe introduce yourself if you don't know who they are, and then share something that you find is life-giving. Share this is something that's life-giving to me. Maybe it's going for long walks on the beach in the evening. I don't know what it might be for you guys. I'll give you five seconds to think about what's life-giving for you. And then I want you to go introduce yourself, say hi. Maybe you know them already. Say hi and then share that life-giving thing that you are doing. to kick things off. <laughs> I, was, um, I was extremely encouraged to see the amount of smiles that came across your faces. From this perspective, just about every single person in here was smiling as they were sharing. So um, great. I hope you guys maybe got some new ideas of what things are life-giving, but um, let's pray and then let's, let's dig into these scriptures together. Father God, thank you for this morning, this this morning of Sabbath that we get to gather together, that we get to worship together, that we get to pray together, God, that we get to laugh together, God, that we get to cry together. Um, doing this together, Father, is just such a blessing. The goal is to be with you this morning. Um, so God, today I just want to see, um, get a better understanding of, of Sabbath. What does that mean for us? Um, so open our, our hearts um, convict where we need conviction, um, comfort where we need comfort, and uh, God, just speak to us through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, as we read the passage this morning, um, we looked at two separate Sabbath days. 
Um, two separate activities that were actually being called into question um, by the Pharisees and the religious leaders. Um, is Jesus breaking the rules? It's kind of what we're seeing happening. Um, because we're not, the Pharisees, we're not. We live this day to follow each and every rule and take the time to call out anyone that isn't following the rules. Um, in this first situation, um, Jesus is walking together with his disciples in a field. That sounds like a nice way to spend the Sabbath, huh? Walking with Jesus. You know? Oh, look. <laughs> it just happened to be the title of this series. Johnny is really happy with that. <laughs> They're walking with Jesus. Um, I imagine that there's laughing. I imagine there's chatting. Maybe they're just listening to Jesus talk words of life into their life. Maybe they're walking. Maybe they're singing. Maybe they're worshiping together as they're walking through nature. Maybe they're spending time memorizing scripture. Maybe they're finding fun ways, adding verses to a song as they're walking but they're spending time walking with Jesus. This was their Sabbath. Sabbath for the disciples was walking with Jesus, going where he went and following his lead. This is how they were living out Sabbath on this specific um, Sabbath day. They were walking with the Son of God. And if anyone knew how to celebrate the Sabbath, we know it was God. We know it was Jesus, and so we would have to imagine that Jesus would be guiding them in a way that to make sure that they were celebrating Sabbath in the correct way, where they were getting rest and restoration, being able to breathe a bit and just spend time with him, knowing what was really important for their souls in that moment. Now, I don't know how this all went down, right? Um, I'm sure that the disciples were aware of the rules of the Sabbath, what you could and could not do. Um, don't do this. Don't do that. This is okay to do. Um, but I imagine at some point during the day, one of the disciples, I'm going to guess it was Levi. Levi just came out of, like it was only one chapter ago, right? He was just called to follow Jesus. I don't know how long happened between the chapter, but for me it seems really close. Not that long. So, Levi's used to fancy meals. His meals were probably cooked for him. And now he has chosen to follow Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. We heard that. Uh, was it just last week? And, and now he's following him. And he finds himself walking in the middle of a field. And it's probably time to eat. So I don't know if it was Levi. This is extra biblical. I just like imagining the scenario. And I imagine him saying, I'm hungry. Are you guys... Are you guys hungry at all? Like, what are we going to eat? To which Jesus said, eat. Restore yourself. Go ahead. So I can imagine them picking the grains, reluctantly rubbing them together so they could break them apart, so they could get the part that they would eat, to nourish themselves, to care for their bodies not so sure and kind of looking at Jesus like, are you sure this is okay to do? Because one of the issues that the Pharisees that we're going to see here had with the fact that they were eating the grain, it wasn't the fact that they were eating, it's that they were rubbing it together. It's considered threshing. The fact of separating 
the, the, the wheat from the husk, is that what we'd say? Toby's gotta be here somewhere. Thank you, Toby. Yes, Toby's our science man. To separate those things, so this was the work right here, rubbing them together to, to separate what they wanted to eat. And so I imagine maybe the Pharisees were kind of walking a little ways behind them, kind of watching what they were doing, trying to listen in to what Jesus was saying. They went, oh, 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 what are you doing, right? So what do they, what do they say? Um, they, they said, why are you working on the Sabbath? What's going on? Why, and this is in verse 2, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus takes him back to David, which they were fully aware of. Verse 3, have you, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, taking the consecrated bread, and he ate what was lawful only for the priest to eat, and he also gave some to his companions. This was Jesus' response. He was going back to the Old Testament, making reference to King David, who was highly respected, and said, this is what King David did. I don't know what the Pharisees were thinking in that moment. Perhaps they were like, yeah, but that was King David, like, Hold on. And you're just Jesus? Verse 5, Jesus said, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And Jesus is saying that, look, I've made these rules, and I've created a purpose for the Sabbath, and one of those purposes is restoration. I am the high priest. I am the king who has full access to help myself and my friends to what they need so that they can celebrate properly this day that I've created, the Sabbath, for them so that their mind and body and souls can finally get some rest that they need. So when it comes to the idea of rest, what is it actually that we need? We know we need rest, we know we need it because life is not easy. And I know there's several of us in here right now, including myself, and thinking about our lives and the stresses and the anxieties that life can bring and the uncertainty and we're not understanding the future. Oh, man, we just need moments of rest. And God was aware of this when he modeled it for us on day seven of creation. So what do we need do we need to finish that project? Do we need to catch up on our grocery shopping? Do we need to clear out our inbox? Do we need to catch up on our social media? Do we need to go and buy that thing for the house from Ikea that's on sale this upcoming week? Are these things going to bring rest for our mind and our body and our souls? I don't know. I'm not saying that these things are bad. I'm just asking the question, are these things that might bring rest to us? Or maybe, do we need to worship together as a community of believers? Do we need to pray for one another? Do we need to invite a friend over so we can laugh with them, so we can share with them? Maybe we can cry with them. Do we need to spend quality time with our family? Maybe one-on-one -on -one time with our kids? I'm the first to admit this is something I need to do a whole lot more of. Do we need to grab a coffee and a blanket and sit with the word? Sounds really nice. Do we need to go for a walk in the hills and appreciate God's creativity? 
Are these things that are going to bring rest to our bodies, souls, and minds? Again, I don't know. But I think that if you could spend some time just reflecting on this, you could come up with some things that for you and your situation and your personality, you can say, yeah, this fulfills Sabbath. This brings rest to my mind, to my body, and my soul. These are things that will restore me. And maybe you got some of those ideas from your neighbor this morning. You went, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to have to try that. Think on the things that would bring rest, things that are going to make happen, what Sabbath is really about. Are we doing things in our lives on the Sabbath that bring rest? Just want to, let's be purposeful in that. I think we can get caught up in the life of things and the Sunday morning practices and just imagine, well, it's Sunday and this is Sabbath and so let's just roll with it. But are you being purposeful? Are you just thinking through, yeah, is this something that's life-giving for me? Is what you're doing after the church service life-giving? Just take some time, hit that reset button. So let's be purposeful. I don't think I brought my slide. Can we, do a, can we change the slides? I think I left my slide machine in the back. Maybe I can find it. There, and I got it. Sabbath is for restoration. Thank you. <laughs> All right. The next Sabbath, Jesus was going to the temple to preach. So we got to have a little bit of a different atmosphere happening here. Uh, there was a man there with a shriveled hand, and the Pharisees and the teachers were spending their Sabbath to find a way to accuse Jesus. They were so tied up in trying to find a way to accuse Jesus that they forgot that they were intended to rest on that day. They were so preoccupied with it. They were too preoccupied to restore themselves with worship, prayer, pausing. They were too concerned to see if he would heal on the Sabbath, to see if he would ultimately do something that was good on the Sabbath. They were trying to catch Jesus doing something good on the Sabbath. Isn't this sounding a bit crazy? Like, what has gone on in their minds in the way that they were doing Sabbath that so much to that they were seeking out ways to accuse someone for doing good? Something got twisted along the lines. I'm not sure that they all started out their Sabbaths like this. But something over the course of time, they forgot what the purpose of Sabbath was all about. They were missing the whole point. The Sabbath became a tool for them to use to serve their own purposes. They were making themselves the Lord of the Sabbath, and it was no longer about good, but it was all about getting what they wanted, not what God wanted for them. But I think that the difference between the Pharisees and us in our lives is probably more subtle than we probably realize here. I think, myself certainly included, at times we make ourselves the Lord of the Sabbath. Right? There's a big difference from using the Sabbath to serve what we think our own needs are and using the Sabbath to fulfill the purpose that God has for us. How many times do we think that we know, think that we know 
what we need. But ultimately, we realize later on that doesn't, that doesn't line up what God knows we need. Because we're running our lives through a filter of ourselves instead of saying, God, what is it that you have for me? So we end up doing running through this filter. What do I need? What do I need in this moment? Rather than saying, okay, God, what do you know that I need? What, what is this supposed to look like? I think it's just a healthy question to chew on a little bit. I think it's a healthy thing to think over. Going back to the text. So the Pharisees wanted to catch Jesus. Jesus knew what they were thinking. Again, this happened not so long ago when we were at, um, when you saw the man coming down from the ceiling to be healed. Jesus knew what the Pharisees were thinking, right? That'd be so frustrating. Verse 8. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and he stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them all and he said to the man, stretch out your hand, so he did so, and his hand was completely restored. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious, and they began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. On the Sabbath, his hand was put back the way it was meant to be. The man's hand was restored. And the funny thing is that Jesus didn't have to work to heal the man. He could have said, be healed, and then the Pharisees would have been gone, oh, 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 he's working, he did a healing. Or maybe Jesus could have made some mud. We know that Jesus healed the man's sight by making some mud and putting it on his eyes and having the man wash. He could have made some mud and rubbed it on the man's hand, and they would have been like, whoa, 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 working, Sabbath, sinner, can't do that. It's also a possibility. What did Jesus say? He said, stretch out your hand. It's no sin to stretch out your hand. And so it's interesting that Jesus was aware of what they were thinking. And Jesus is basically saying, look, Pharisees, I see what you're plotting here. I see your manipulation. And I'm going to raise you a healing without actually working. Can you see why they went off so frustrated? They had, they had nothing, even in their plots to just kind of twist things to fit what they wanted. Jesus was like, no, look, I don't need that. I can heal by just saying, stretch out your hand. There's nothing in the Bible that says you cannot stretch on the Sabbath. I can heal without working because it is not work to do good. It's not a chore. This is something that we can do for the good of God's kingdom, and it's a blessing to be a part of on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is for rest. The Sabbath is for good. These are the, some of the two things that we're seeing of these two Sabbath days, the Sabbath day in the field and the Sabbath in the temple. The Sabbath is for rest. The Sabbath is for doing good. We were meant to be in perfect relationship with God, 
and then the fall, and sin entered in the world and caused a rift between man and God. And Sabbath is God saying, rest in me. I know that sin has caused hurt, pain. Life can be tireless at times. We always seem to be swimming upstream, but today I want to remind you of how things were meant to be. A day with me. Time resting in me and who I am. Rest for your body, souls, and mind, and doing good. If God is moving on the Sabbath in someone else's life, we should be first to be able to raise our hands and say, hey, look, if you're going to do something in so-and-so's life, I want to be a part of that. God, please use me in this opportunity to love this other person in the way that you want to love them. Um, can we turn in our Bibles to Isaiah 58? Isaiah 58, um, it's kind of in the middle of the Bible, so if you open up the Bible <laughs> halfway through, you're probably going to fall into Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 58, <clears throat> page 746, yeah. I'm going to start at verse 6. I'm going to read it through verse 14, but I just, I just wanted you guys to read this along with me. There's some amazing verses that speak in the Sabbath, not being um, a huge lion for the day, but about doing good. I just want to read this together, starting at verse 6. It should be at the top of the second column. Is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen? to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to, be, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear and your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. I will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression with pointing finger and malicious talk and if you speak Spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always and he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame and, he, and you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundation. Top of page 747. You will be called repair of broken walls, restore of streets and dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please, or speaking idle words, 
then you will find joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. When we think about doing good on the Sabbath, those are some pretty incredible words, are they not? Lions are needed every once in a while. I'm, I love lions. I haven't had one in a long time. But God is talking about here to say, Sabbath is for doing good. It's for doing good. The Sabbath is for rest. The Sabbath is for doing good. Different Sabbaths might require different focuses. As we see Jesus in the fields and Jesus in the temple, but there's something else I just want to point out quickly. Sabbath does not only have to be on Sunday. It's okay to have these moments of rest with God throughout your week. Sabbath is an extended period of time, but you can, you can grab little moments of Sabbath throughout your week that prepare you and say, I'm looking forward to the whole Sabbath day. Have you ever been through a weekend and been like, oh, I can't wait till the holidays are coming? Right, this is two days off, maybe a day off, but wait, I, coming up soon, I have two weeks off. Ooh, what's that going to be like? That's what doing these mini Sabbaths can be for us as believers, looking forward to the Sabbath day where we get to spend extended time with the Father. It's about being with him. It's about this desire to say, I want to stay longer in this. Um, we were at a conference um, earlier this week with Johnny and Micah and uh, the Dugans, and while we were there, we went on a walk. Um, we picked the worst time of the entire three days that we were there. Um, Johnny suggested, let's go for a walk. We're like, yeah, that sounds good. And so we walk, and the rain just started coming down. And I was reminded that, yes, indeed, we are in England. And so we're in Blackpool, and we're walking over to the shores. And as we're there, um, it was pretty miserable, in all honesty. And Johnny suggests, hey, should we go to a cafe? And Micah goes, you know what? I don't care what we do. It's, it's about the company, isn't it? And I was like, thank you. But he was so right. He's, it wasn't about exactly what we were doing. Sabbath might not always look the way we intended to look. It might not always be the perfect Sunday morning or the perfect time with your cup of tea and your blanket and the word. It might not always look like that, but it can always be spent with the Father. And that's what the essential part of that is. I um, just want to share a quick story to wrap things up. Um, I grew up going to the East Coast with my grandparents. We lived in Wisconsin, in the United States. This is the US, this is Florida, this is California. Wisconsin is here, next to Canada, where it's 30 below degrees Celsius in the wintertime. Not very fun in the wintertime. And so anyone who lives in the middle of the United States realizes to get to the ocean, it's three days in this direction and two days in this direction. It's really far away. But I had the privilege to go to the coast with my grandparents for two weeks every summer to a place called Emerald Isle, this island off the coast of North Carolina, absolutely beautiful, sandy beaches, not huge crowds because there's just houses along the beach. And this was like my childhood resting place. Let me think about it. Don't interrupt me. <laughs> 
And my wife very kindly said, Rich, I think you need some rest. I want to send you out there for a few days. So I think I went out there for three days. I spent the entirety of the days on the beach, and I was praying and reading and singing and building sandcastles and getting sunburnt and swimming. Like, I was doing all these things, and it was absolutely wonderful, except for the sunburning. I didn't even know I could burn that way. <laughs> but when you spend morning till night on the beach, it gets, it gets bad. But anyways, I spent the whole time there, and it was a day for me to fly back to Wisconsin. And um, it was early in the morning, and I was like, I want to spend one last moment with the Lord, just a really, really good, precious moment. So I'm going to get there by sunrise, and I'm going to watch the sun come up. I'm going to praise God. It's going to be a very holy moment between me and the Father. And so I got up. I think I got up a little bit too late, and I'm driving, and I'm realizing, you know, the sky's starting to light up. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And so if I can draw this out for you, um, as we're driving, um, I'm going over the bridge that connects to the island, and the sun is starting to peek over the horizon. I feel like stopping on the bridge to take the picture for this very special moment, and I'm all flustered. I'm, 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 I'm almost furious because I'm like, I'm going to miss it. I'm not where I wanted to be. And, and, and I got back in the car. I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to speed. I'm just going to drive faster to get there. And so I'm driving there, and i, I got to see the sunrise, and I pull into this parking lot, and I park the car, and I, I grab my Bible, and I grab my notebook, and I sprint out onto this dock. I sprint out there. And I have everything, and by the time I get there, here is what I get to see. The sun was behind a bunch of gray clouds. And this projector is terrible, and it makes, <laughs> it ma it, this makes it look even worse. But and it, this, is the, this is the thing. I got out there, so this is the sound side. It's the body of water between the mainland and the island. And I got there, and I sat there, and I was like, I missed it. That was it. That was my chance. And I felt like God was saying to me, Rich, you don't need a peer to be alone and a sunrise in order to spend time with me. This isn't normal life, first off. But you can have this moment with me any time that you want. It's about being with me. It's not about creating the perfect environment to celebrate the relationship that we have together. I was broken, like I wept, because I felt dumb. Like my heart rate took another four minutes to actually come down because I was running out there as fast as I could just to see the sunrise, thinking that that was the key to enjoying a Sabbath moment with the Lord. And so anyways, I missed it. I had a good moment with the Lord, and he just revealed some, he just convicted me in a lot of different ways. And I said, well, I'm going to go to the ocean side. This was the sound. And we said, I'm going to go to the ocean side and just see the waves one more time before I have to fly out. And I got to the ocean side. This isn't going to do justice at all. But I got a sunrise that came up over the top of the clouds anyways. And I'm sitting on the beach, and I was going, no way, God. You know I didn't need this, and you still gave it to me. And it was just a really precious moment saying, you don't need this, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. If you come see me afterwards. I'll show you the picture on my phone. <laughs> It's way cooler than this. Sabbath may not always be doing an activity that seems perfect. Sabbath might be with your screaming children. It might, not be, it might be serving in the church here on the Sunday morning. It might be sitting and listening to someone whose week has been horrible. But if you're doing this with Jesus, you're doing what is good. 
like we've read in Isaiah 58, then Sabbath is happening in the way that God intended it to happen, and you will find rest for your mind, your body, and your soul, and he, you will always be able to find rest in that. just want to close with Hebrews 4, 10 through 11. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning. And um, God, I know there's times where we just get the Sabbath really twisted and we try and use that day for our own needs. But God, you already have a plan laid out. You know what we need. And God, I just pray that each and every one of us would run towards that purpose that you've created to rest, to spend time with you, and to do good as we've read it in your word this morning, as was demonstrated by the time in the field with your disciples, as was demonstrated in the temple of the healing of the man's hand um, that was all curled up, Father. Um, God, give us opportunities to reflect on the Sabbath and what it should look like and what it should mean um, to get back on track so that way when we walk out into the next week, Father, We've been restored. We've been rejuvenated to continue living our lives and growing a kingdom as we live out our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Should we stand and sing in response to that?